Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Hey, welcome back to another episode of On the Table Gaming. Uh, today we're going to be talking about A Song of Ice and Fire. So I'm Chase. And I'm Josh. And we've got some non-gameplay mechanic stuff to talk about, particularly with today being the, the 28th. We've, we've made it September 28th. They are dropping the, I guess I'd say new in quotes, units for A Song of Ice and yes. Fire. Supplemental material. So if you didn't get the Kickstarter and the Kickstarter exclusives or, or bonuses, now you can start to purchase some of those extra units that uh, were missing from the starter set. So for the for the Starks, for example, then, maybe you just got the starter set. We've got the Stark Heroes 1, the Stark Bowmen, Sworn Swords, and the Tully Sworn Shields. As our, our Stark expert, Josh, you know, what would you recommend someone picking up as maybe their first or second expansion to their starter set forces? Yeah, so I mean, if I'm if I'm looking at those three units, I, I think you know I think I'm all set on Stark Sworn Swords for a little bit. Uh, you know, you got two in the starter set, so you're probably you know looking pretty good unless you're looking for a a Sworn Sword spam. So between those two, I think they're both great purchases. I think they both fit different roles. For me personally, I think I'd be looking at the Bowman first. I think adding a ranged element to your army, you know, despite you know not just being a, a really kind of useful tactical option, is, is just a lot of fun. You know, to be able to fire off some arrows. But if you're looking at, you know, constructing an army that's a little more defensive, has a little bit more of ability to turtle up and take some hits, you really can't go wrong with the the Tully Torn Shields as well. And then on the Lannister side, uh, you've obviously got their Heroes box. You've got the Knights of Casterly Rock. You've got your Halberdiers and your Guardsmen. Although I think you could never go wrong with more Guardsmen at this point. Uh, (laughs) It's it's probably the best bet to look at the Knights of Casterly Rock. A lot of the Lannister forces are a little bit slower. And they, they rely on wearing down or using attrition to defeat their opponents. And, and getting a nice meaty cavalry unit that can charge in and smash and, and do some damage, I think, is definitely the way to go. Um, but obviously, I think goes for without saying, I think you'd agree for both sides. Getting the hero box is going to give you a lot of new play options. And that's something you're going to want to consider soon as well. But those combat units, I think Bowman, Knights of Castle Rock, that's going to give you the most bang for your buck as far as like raw physical units on the battlefield. Yeah. I, well, I think, you know, we were talking about this a little, like a, right before we started recording was, you know, I think that the, the commander options add probably the most sort of flavor to your army in a lot of cases. I find at least in our games that we're taking a lot less of the named attachments. So a lot of the sort of, you know, changes that we're making are, are really start with our commander in our NCUs. So those those Stark and uh, Lannister hero boxes, you know, really, you know, you can tweak a unit uh, pretty significantly just by changing who the commander is or, you know, if you're throwing in somebody like Brandon Hodor. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh, still shuddering from our last Brandon Hodor match. <laughs> Don't take them again. Uh, so, yeah, so people are starting to, to buy some units. The game's starting to build a little bit of steam here. But there's kind of been some other some other news that's come out recently about Simon Games' sort of approach, I think, for this game in its price changes. Yeah. So September 5th. So this is a little bit of an older news, a little behind the times here. But uh, it was a big it was a big uh, notice that went out, and uh, you know definitely something we want to mention. So it was uh, price changes to the unit boxes and the faction starters. Uh, so they announced that starting on t- uh, the September 28th, so that's actually today, that unit boxes were going to be moving from 34.99 to 29.99 retail, and faction starters. So that would be like, for example, the Night's Watch or the um, Free Folk uh, boxes. Uh, they went up from 79.99 to 99.99. Uh, so what do you think there, Chase? 
Well, I mean, I had a few reactions to that. The first one was seeing that faction starter price jump up to $99. Uh, that, that hurt a little bit. I was really looking forward. I had my heart set on the, on the $79.99. That looked like a nice yeah. low. I mean, it's not a low number, but when it's basically $100, that, that seems like it hurts a little bit. But actually, the more I start to think about it, I, I think this on some level makes some sense. I'm looking forward to the free folks so much, and I know I'm going to be buying unit boxes. And so having that price drop down from $34.99 to $29.99, I mean, that, that feels good there. So I think it's going to balance out. And I'm thinking more of the, the faction starters now as that, that big investment. But also, if, you know, maybe someone want, I'm going to get someone to play that doesn't want to buy the, the Lannister and Stark starter set. And this would be their, their alternative entry point, um, even if it may not be as economical as buying the actual original starter set. Right. Yeah, I mean, the original starter set for 150 bucks, you're talking that you're getting basically eight units and in the uh, you know the smaller starters, you're getting you know four units of uh, troops um, at a hundred dollars. So it's it's definitely getting a little bit less in there. But if you compare that to the actual individual unit boxes, it's still a great deal. You know the the unit boxes are thirty bucks a pop, so it's really like twenty dollars off to to get the starter set, and you're also getting a handful of you know commanders and, and non combat units, terrain, dice, rule books, and all the various accoutrements. You know, personally, what I'm looking at here is that I'm thinking that I'm going to be ending up buying probably a lot more unit boxes than I will starters. Uh, so I'm happy that those are going down. Um, you know, I think that makes a little bit more sense. So this way, you know, when those great axes come out, you know, now I'm, now I'm spending a little less money on those, which is, which is uh, you know, that's sort of the silver lining. And I think ultimately it's a smart move from Simon Games. You know, otherwise, I think I was going to be a little bit more tempted to maybe even consider buying multiple starter sets. Yep. And and skipping the unit boxes entirely, and now that's a that's a more difficult choice. It looks like I'll definitely be buying unit boxes. So is this the end of times? I know <laughs> some people were saying the sky is falling. This is it. This is it for Simon Games. Like it's over. And no, de- yeah. definitely not. I don't. I don't think so. I think you know. I think what they did was they went. Okay, you know what? What we tried to do was kind of like cut the the original starter in half, and that would be the price. And they kind of started there, and then probably quickly realized like. Oh wait, we put all that other stuff in that box, and we got to figure out a way to make that, you know, economically feasible for us outside of a Kickstarter environment. Uh, and so, I think it's probably, you know, it's it's never a good thing when you tell a customer, especially when they've had pre-orders available, that, you know, hey, this thing that you wanted is now going to be more expensive. Obviously, that's not ideal. Uh, but, you know, the realities are what they are. And I think that in the long term, you know, whatever is best for the health of the game to keep more units coming out, more armies coming out, then, then I'm all for it. 100%. I totally agree. That being said, we're, we're, we're kind of seeing some, some weird stuff online when it comes to places selling these uh, yeah. faction starters. They uh, didn't get the memo, Chase. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of weird. And, um, you know, we're not, we're not sponsored by any of these groups, and uh, we have no stock in these companies. Yeah. But we did notice over on GameNerds.com, that's nerds with a Z, because that's how yeah. nerdy. They, they have the starter sets for the free folk at $59.47. Um, and the Night's Watch, too. And the Night's Watch. So I don't get how that works. I'm, I'm just sitting here now being like, man, I, I think I got to pre-order this from them. They're getting hosed. <laughs> I mean, wow. How does that work out for them? They're, I mean, I mean that's Well, the... I'm, I'm on I'm on miniature market right now mm-hmm. and it's 72.29 and that's a discount already, a pretty steep discount. 
and these guys got him beat by 12 bucks. So I don't know what's going on right now with the, over there, but uh, it seems like that's it may be a uh, miscalculation on their part, but that seems like, you know, there's definitely still some pretty aggressive pricing online. So you know, check that out if you get a chance. If you yeah. see good deals online, let us know. Feel free to always contact us on On The Table Gaming at Facebook or On The Table Gaming at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, we're looking to get some sweet deals, especially my poor self who's looking forward to, to ditching the Lannisters and going free folk. I'm going to need yeah. some extra cash to get those units on the table. Now, ideally, you know, I think we should always say that, uh, you know, if you have the option to buy at a you know friendly local game store, keep a scene alive and, you know, give them some business so you have a place to play if that's your... Uh, if that's available to you, I think that's absolutely you know the best way to go. But for those of us who don't really have uh, you know a local game store that's within you know driving distance or you know it's just not really a, a friendly local game store, then by all means this is a great option for you to buy online. I actually uh, I mentioned this in one of my videos. I drive an extra distance to go out to to Sarge's Comics in New London, which is a, is a great store. And then sometimes I stop by some of the, the closer locations as well. And I was in there checking out some Legion stuff, not at Sarge's, at, a, at another store nearby. And uh, I got into a conversation with somebody there, a, uh, a war gamer, uh, about A Song of Ice and Fire and, and uh, you know, trying to, you know, build some community, get some interest. And he had heard of it. He had seen some of the miniature renders online, and he was not impressed. And he was saying, you know, I don't know. The quality of the miniatures didn't look that great. It looks like they'd be hard to paint. And I was just kind of a little rattled by that. I was like, huh, okay. And I didn't know what to say at the time. I was just like, well, you know, I think they're pretty good, but it wasn't really effective. Went home, yeah. thought about it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out in the, in the Facebook community. I, first off, I feel a little bit bad. It's, it was kind of like, I don't want to put like a negative post out there. Uh, but I was just saying, hey, you know, what are people's general thoughts? What's their feeling on this? And if they've got some, you know, photo examples of them, the miniatures they painted, you know, shoot them over to us so we can we can take a look. And I don't know if I'm going to go back to the store and be like, find that dude and be like, hey, you, <laughs> like the internet says you're wrong. I um, told you. But it, but it got me thinking about the, the general actual quality of these miniatures as yeah. they compare to maybe something like a Games Workshop or a uh, privateer press war machine or um, other of the big tabletop war games. Right. Now, so you've had the models for a little bit. What are you, what are you thinking? Any second thoughts on the, on the qualities of these models? Any buyer's remorse? That sort of thing. <laughs> buyer's remorse. No, man, I'm loving, the, I'm loving the game, and I love the models, you know. I think probably one of my favorite days of the year this year has been, you know, when my Kickstarter showed up, that giant box, and I was just pulling everything out and going, holy crap, this stuff looks awesome. You know, is it as detailed as a Games Workshop model? I mean, yes and no, right? I think it depends on which Games Workshop model you're talking about. I think that modern Games Workshop has, you know, probably some of the best models on the uh, on the market right now uh, at a substantially higher price point. You know, I could show you a high elf that I bought when I was in, uh, you know, seventh grade that compared to my Song of Ice and Fire miniatures looks way worse and was way more expensive. So, you know, I think it's all relative, right? I think that these look really good and I think they take paint really well. Uh, I'm not a, a good painter by any stretch of the imaginations, but, you know, some of the stuff that I've seen online has been, you know, downright inspirational. So I think that, yeah, if you if you see a person who's a good painter, they can definitely get a lot out of these models. Yeah, and I think, you know, even the 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 cuts and the way they're, um, the recesses on these, these are actually really good models. And I think, you know, maybe they're not adorned with all the skulls and, you know, emblems that you see on like a games workshop, like all the spike horns and, and what are they called? Purity, uh, purity seals or whatever they were. Yeah, Those man. like scrolls. Those um, are cool. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know... 
I realize now, like, just think how how dumb these models would look if they went that route with them. Like, yeah. this is not this is not that setting. This is not like grim dark. This is a song of ice and fire. And so, you know, I was really thinking about it. And when people started sending me, I, I almost regretted putting that post up because uh, it was a, I felt like maybe it was a little negative post. But people just started sending me photos and just seeing how like amazing the paint jobs people are, are doing on these models and just how great they look. I was like, yeah, yeah. what what was I even thinking? It was like kind of this one of those moments of doubt. I don't know. I'm just looking at you know. Even the models, there are some models I'm less thrilled about. Like I kind of don't like the Stark Swordsman as as well as much. Okay. <laughs> um, but when I'm looking at them, some of the painting jobs that people did on them, like with yeah. Eddard standing with them, I'm like, oh yeah, like hell yeah, I do like them. Like, see, I like the sword swords. I I thought the bowmen were a little bit more plain. Uh, I still think they're they're fine. I think that that's just kind of like you know what they are is like a very like basic unit i actually having painted a ton of stark sworn swords at this point in time i like the the subtle variations uh between the units i thought they were uh, you know great to paint the larger uh sort of scale that that uh this game uses is really useful for me because my hands are uh not very steady i think like you know some of those people that have you know they do like the fine scroll work on their purity seals you know they have like fighter pilot uh oh, you know, sort of yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, reaction time. For me, it's just like I can barely hold things steady. So it's, it's, I think these models are actually really uh, forgiving in that. And about the Sworn Swordsman, I, would ha- I do have to preface it by saying that I've been having so much fun with my Lannisters that I haven't even taken my Sworn Swordsman out of the original uh, starter set box. So I haven't even like handled them. I've That's seen true. yours across the table. Yours look awesome. Uh, the basing stuff you're doing is so cool. I almost now maybe have a little bit of like, trepidation of painting my... Uh, my stark units because i'm like damn like now that i've seen what yours look like i'm like i gotta make sure mine mine come out as well so um, <laughs> so maybe i'm being hard on that that sculpt but i mean look I, at the ncus too they yeah they're oh, awesome man. yeah there's some really really good ones i really really dig uh rob stark i think he looks awesome i think the mountain looks awesome i think some of the alternate sculpts look really awesome i think there's a, ro- a lot of really cool stuff you know who else i really like is the uh the sculpt for uh great john umber the especially the original oh, one yeah he just looks sick and i and i love like the you know kind of chunkier details that they do on them like, like everything's a little bit larger than life and i think that really kind of highlights when you have like these big characters uh in a formation so you know kind of maybe taking this in a slightly different direction here but what's weird is that i I see so many cool models painted in the facebook group right uh we've got our own separate facebook group just for people's painted models and miniatures but i you know i I feel like maybe how do we get that stuff out in the community more i feel like you know a lot of times when you think of war gaming it's sort of saturated by the the big boys right you got you know your your games workshop and they've been around for forever you know, I wonder, you know, is it just a matter of more people posting their stuff, sharing it online, you know, just so that people have a, a better idea of what, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire is all about. And so they can actually see the models and be like, oh, yeah, like that's what they look painted. Um, because yeah. the, actually the 3D renders, to give this guy, to cut him some slack, um, if you go and look at like the Kickstarter, like images that had like the the pictures mm-hmm. uh, that weren't actual prints, it was just like a 3D rendering that they show. Those look, they look good. But the miniatures look so much better. They do look um, a lot better on the table, for and, sure. You know, so how do we just you know spread more awareness and get more a, a song of ice and fire like out in you know in the public view? I mean, that's a good question. I don't. I, I feel like you know just generally miniature gaming is a little bit niche to begin with. Um, so it's already like a very insular sort of community, and I feel like 
you know, the sort of old guard of Warhammer and War Machine are so, you know, entrenched that there's a very, like, sort of myopic view of anything that isn't one of those games. It's a very dismissive attitude. And I think, you know, what what they have to do is just, you know, see it on the table at a local game store, see how fun the game can be. Uh, you know, I, I think that one of the things that we're going to be doing uh, here in Connecticut is, you know, putting together a, a demo day, you know, getting it on the table and having some of these people, you know, try it out and see what the game's really like. And I think that's how you sort of build interest in a new game like this is to, you know, get it on the table and say, hey, guys, come on, check this out. And I think once they see that and they can really, you know, pick up the models, hold them. Uh, I think they'll really start to see, you know, that the the quality of the models is great, but more importantly, the quality of the game, I think, is really great. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I mean, that's on our list of things to do. We're working on getting some uh, battle reports out. I still see on YouTube, first off, there's not that many battle reports out there to watch. Um, (laughs) And, you know, sometimes comments can go negative. Oh, I don't like this mechanic or I don't like that mechanic. You got to see the game, like the full game in action and uh and give it a chance so you know hopefully the more content out there the better that'll be so right now as far as like plugging in and connecting with the community like if you're a new player you got the starter set maybe you're buying your first unit box or two you know where do you go to get plugged in with the actual a song of ice and fire community like where, where do you think is the best place to get started yeah i mean for for me i think i spend most of my time and get most of my information from the facebook group uh you know there's a dedicated facebook channel which has Um, you know, really people posting in there all the time, all day long, you know, there's great information about, you know, list building ideas, there's paint samples, there's, uh, you know, sort of people like posting up various events that are being hosted uh, around the country. And that's a really great way to kind of keep up uh, with everything that's going on. I think the other places, another great one is the Discord. If you can keep up with it, news kind of goes fast there. But the Discord <laughs> channel is another big spot. So if you're not in there, you definitely want to jump in there. Also great to yeah. get like spur of the moment rules clarifications. We do have some some rules. Uh, <laughs> gu- gurus, I don't know, rules. Uh, yeah. There's some, you know, people well, in there that talk about <laughs> You'll get a stern talking to from Alice or Thorne. There we go. Shout out. He is unforgiving with the uh, rules interpretations. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, so the Discord, the Facebook group, also uh, on Reddit, it's a Song of Ice and Fire miniatures. There are actually two a Song of Ice and Fire subreddits. I would say I think a Song of Ice and Fire AS, you know, the, the abbreviation mini, I think that's trying to merge into a Song of Ice and Fire miniatures. So uh, jump right into the a Song of Ice and Miniatures uh, subreddit. Uh, and there's some good comments in there. People sometimes write a little bit longer responses. And then uh, don't forget also uh, the actual Simon Games forums, their official forums. That's a great place to check out as well. Yeah, I think if we, you know, we definitely that that needs some more activity. They, they, you know, I think they sort of, you know, were a little behind on getting that launched. Uh, I think you know they only launched it within the last few months here. Uh, and so I think they missed some of the people who are like really passionate about like Kickstarter and stuff like that. So this is sort of, you know, got, you know, hasn't really gotten as much uh, as it needs, but I feel like people will start posting in there more and then this will become more of a destination for uh, information about Song of Ice and Fire. And then of course, we're trying to build a community as well. You can always find On The Table Gaming on Facebook and we'd love to hear from you. If you've got interesting uh, articles or lists or questions, uh, feel free to, to tag us or post there or reach out to us in any way. And, and uh, even if it's a request for videos or future podcast topics, we're more than happy to, to engage and, and help support. Yeah, some people say it's, it's the best place to go for Song yeah. of Ice and Fire that, information. Some people, yes, yeah. on this My podcast. <laughs> Chase and Josh. Uh, <laughs> 
So yeah, that's going to be it for today's episode. Uh, a little bit of a shorter one. We are going to be doing a deep dive on tactics cards, commanders, attachments. Maybe we'll talk about the Boltons. Meh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> not as good as the Lannisters. Now that we've hit that topic, I mean, I, everything else seems a little bit more lackluster. But regardless, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Help build the community. And we hope you get your models on the table. Thank you.